everybody. Welcome to Keeping It 9450, codenamed WBB. I'm Daniel Artes, your host. Got my co-host, my pick and roll partner, K-Dot, in the building. What's good, man? Happy Friday, by the way, to you, brother. Yo, what's going on? Happy Friday to you, too, man. Just got finished with a quick little workout, you know what I'm saying? So I feel good. I feel even better talking about, you know, the WNBA draft that's coming up. So let's get right into it, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Health is wealth, by the way, man. Yeah, I'm glad that you're in the gym and your bag doing your thing and stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's get into it real quick. We got the WNBA draft coming up this Monday on April 11th. Um, it'll be shown on what ESPN. Um, I'm excited about the draft. We got some interesting players coming up, and you know the green room is, is looking pretty lit. We got um, Shakira Austin from Ole Miss, uh, Kirsten Bell from uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Ray Burrell from Tennessee, Veronica Burton from Northwestern, Nia Cloudin from Michigan State, Elisa Cunane from NC State, Emily Inglestar from Louisville, Destiny Henderson from the Champs. I ain't got to say the college, the champs, South Carolina, Naz Hillman from Michigan, Ryan Howard from Kentucky, Nara Sabali from Oregon, and Alyssa Smith from Baylor. So, K-Dot, man, what you thinking about this, uh, the draft invites so far? Yeah, I mean, a, a solid list of names, and um, it's pretty obvious uh, that all of these players who are invited um, to New York um, are definitely um, going to get, you know, picked uh, possibly in the first round. Um, I think that each name um, says a lot, you know, for the draft pool. I, I do feel like this year's draft pool is definitely um, uh, better than last year's. No, not to last year's uh, draft pool, but, you know, with the amount of names and the the quote unquote star power that you have in, in this uh, particular draft in 2022 is very interesting. And um, you saw that in the tournament, uh, you know, this past week and, and you know, former so I, I think that with the list that that the WNBA has in uh the invitees um that the WNBA has posted an invite for is going to be an exciting draft and I uh personally can't wait to see where all of these players end up and um again it's going to be very exciting to to see um come Monday yeah definitely I'm looking forward to seeing like where these players are going to go where they're going to start their careers and everything of that sort. But yeah, let's let's get we got the meat and potatoes out the way. Let's get into the fun part, man. I, you know, we're going to start it off like this, like in your opinion, brother, like who whose stock, you know, went up the most in, in this from from the NCAA tournament leading up to this draft? Oh, when you talk about stock, hands down, Destiny Henderson, the, the stock has risen tremendously. I mean, a 26 point national championship game um, against arguably you know, in this decade, this generation's, um, you know, team in UConn. I mean, that's very, very impressive. And throughout the entire tournament, you know, she has shown that um, she is able to run a team, um, you know, on the court. And I do believe that that draft stock has gone up because in the beginning of the season, um, you know, we weren't quite sure what uh, Destiny Henderson was going to do from a perspective of, Am I going to come back? Is it a case where I'm going to go into the draft? Where where do I land? Um, or am I going to be a bona fide first round pick, which everybody thought definitely a, a first round pick. We just didn't know exactly where. This tournament has shown where she can possibly end up. And I, I'm projecting her in that top seven within the draft this year. Um, prior to that, I definitely had her going first round, whether it was in between the 
seventh pick down to the 13th pick. She's definitely, to me, hands down a top seven pick in this draft, especially for a team that would need a guard, not necessarily ready to start, but come off the bench and run that second unit um, in the way that she ran a professionally built South Carolina team. Let's not throw that focus away because that team was definitely professionally built. Kudos to Don Staley for doing that. I think that to me, she has the the highest stock that has risen from the beginning of the season till now. Yeah, Destiny Henderson, she damn sure did her thing at the right time, right? My person's stock went up is, is definitely in- Emily Inglester. She went from averaging in the regular season 11 points, nine rebounds to in the tournament, upping it to 14 and a half points and 13 boards and even added in four and a half steals a game. You know, like she, she was tough, you know, willing to get after it, you know, just playing all over the court. And I know that there's a lot of questions about her athleticism and everything, especially, you know, being a wing player in the W where everybody quick off the off the first dribble, off the first step. But I just think that at the right time during that tournament, especially, you know, how she performed against, you know, South Carolina, you know, when she was trying to whirl her team to, to that win or whatever, unfortunately, they lost. You know, she she stood out, and I know that to, um, on Monday when this draft happens, um, I think that a GM is really going to, you know, appreciate what she brings. You know what I mean? When you got a do-everything player that can score, that can rebound, that can defend, that has that that basketball IQ, you know, on, on the pro level, it's going to matter. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Emily Engsler, she's definitely, you know, her stock has definitely risen, especially when it came to the tournament itself. Uh, I What I liked about Emily's game within the tournament itself was her ability to be versatile on the defensive end, whether she was guarding the five spot, whether she was guarding the one spot, her versatility definitely stood out, um, especially with a Louisville team that prized itself on the defensive end, more importantly on the perimeter. Right. And that's what uh, coach walls um, is, is definitely notorious for um, notorious for getting players who can actually play at that four or five position, but can guard the the guard sets that one through three position um, on the defensive end. So Emily has definitely done her thing. I definitely think that a team, especially in today's game where everything is pretty much um, a four out one in type situation or a five out zero spread motion type offense, read and react type offenses that we see in today's league is going to be very uh, interesting to see what she's able to do at the uh, other level. Um, one big one big thing that I thought from a lateral movement standpoint, um, I think that she can definitely move her feet pretty well. She can get better with that as well because there were a few times in the tournament where she got switched and laterally uh, she didn't um, stay in front of, of her assignment. But again, that all comes with growth, right? And, and maturity and understanding. Um, so on the next level, she's definitely going to uh, be able to have a chance to to improve that. And she's definitely someone that um, I'll be looking forward to, you know, as her career continues. Hey, we got to get into these these uh, draft pick trades real quick with uh, ATL now got the number one pick trading the, the third and the 14th pick to Washington. So like from a fit standpoint, like what it means for both those teams. So I think from a fit standpoint, Atlanta moving to number one, it's a case where you can go either or. To me personally, I think Indiana has the best seat in the house at number two, because whoever goes number one, you're still good at, at that second pick. It, it, yeah. do, it really doesn't matter, right? I think me personally, just looking at the roster and how the Atlanta dream is trying to build, 
I personally think that Ryan Howard should be the number one overall pick. That is no knock to Nalissa Smith at all. I felt like before the trade that Nalissa was hands down the number one overall pick because Washington would have needed Nalissa Smith more than they would have needed Ryan Howard. With this trade that has come about, I do feel like Ryan Howard is the better pick for Atlanta. At this point, you go best player available. And if you put those players one-on-one, to me, Ryan Howard is the better player. When you have a 6'1", 6'2", type guard who can shoot the ball, can score the ball, can defend, Atlanta is going to need that because, of course, we know that with the trade of Kennedy Carter going to the Sparks. She was their perimeter uh, shooter. She was their perimeter scorer. But now you need that. And I believe that Ryan Howard would be a great fit. I also believe that Ryan Howard and Ari McDonald would be a nice one-two punch on the perimeter um, in that backcourt. And I also believe that Ryan Howard can definitely embrace the Atlanta landscape. Right. And not to say that Nalissa Smith can't, but I think that the personality of Ryan Howard fits uh, the Atlanta dream. Um, so with Washington, I think Coach Mike Tebow was very strategic. He said he would rather look at the longevity of what's going on and what's coming up in the next two drafts, because 2023 and 2024 is definitely something big. Um, yeah. But I think hands down the pick there at number three is Shakira Austin. I believe that Shakira Austin um, has the versatility at six, five, who can be fans. Don't knock me for this. She Here can be Elena Della Don esque. Now I'm not saying she is, but she can be, Elena Della Don-esque with her size, her rebounding, her shooting. She's a better shooter than what you think um, she is. Coach Yo of Ole Miss, she said it herself. So I think that Washington is looking at the longevity of it as well with the players that they have currently and what they've done. And they've done a tremendous job in the offseason. Um, I just think that Shakira Austin is, is a great pick there. And then at number two, again, best seat in the house. You either get Melissa Smith or you get Ryan Howard. It doesn't matter. Mm. You get a bona fide potential franchise star. Let's stay on Indiana real quick because they have, what, four top ten picks, man. And, you know, we got an, the interim GM and Lynn Dunn. How can she do this? I'm looking at these names in the, the even just the top 12 and they have a chance to get four of them unless they you know decide to make a trade or whatever. But, you know, here it is. You have, you know, everything at your disposal with these draft picks that you have in the top 10. Like what you think they should do to finally get back to their winning ways? Because we already know these last couple of years, they've been in a bad spot. I think that at this point, Indiana has nothing to lose when it comes to picks. I mean, we have four picks in the first round. They can mix and match. They can go guard. They can go big. It doesn't matter. They can figure figure out a way to make a trade for another kind of first option player, if you will. Yeah. Uh, the trade that has happened with Tierra McGowan going to uh, the the Dallas Wings. That's what makes me believe that Nalissa Smith is is great there at number two if she doesn't go number one. And I do believe that Lynn Dunn. I, I think she's looking for more versatility to to complement. Abria Hartley to compliment everyone that that she has um, on, on that on that roster right now. I'm blanking on her name. I see her face. Mitchell. Mitchell, yes. And I think that 
when you mix and match, you get you get yourself, you know, some solid versatile bigs. Uh, Nalissa Smith is there. Maybe uh, Niara Sabali. Uh, would, would potentially be there. Emily Anksler could be there. Listen, Kunain, Kunain can can be there as well. There are so many things that Indiana could could do. Um, and yeah. I think me personally, it might be some draft day movement that goes on. I don't know if they would necessarily keep all four picks and make those picks. But if they do, they have a lot they can bring to the table, and hopefully, the draft picks are right this time because you've we've talked about it in in past podcasts when you draft that high and you get rid of those high draft picks lauren cox kaiser gondrazik you have to get those picks right and with you having four in this particular draft it's a must that you get these picks right they absolutely have to they have to win this draft and they have a chance you know they got four of the top 10 so i don't see how they can make any mistakes in, in, in this one, especially with Lynn Dunn there, you know, great basketball mind who've been around the game for years. So I think that they're, they're in a, a really good spot. But you did say that, you know, you might see some draft day moves. So, like, which teams that that doesn't have a first-round pick or that doesn't have a pick at all can actually sneak in and, and make a move? The Seattle Storm could potentially make a move. Uh, I think they need a point guard, um, in my opinion, looking at the roster. I believe that if they could figure out a way to get Destiny Henderson, that would be a perfect fit. And it will prepare her for the keys to be handed to her from a point guard standpoint uh, moving forward. We do know that Jewel Lloyd has signed the core max deal. We do know that even though Brianna Stewart um, has re-signed for a one-year deal, she's a free agent again next year, right? Yeah, and yeah. maybe looking at this year will help determine what she will do um, moving moving on into the future. I mean, we don't know, but a lot can change between now and the end of the season uh, coming up. So I think that Seattle is the team that needs to make the move and figure out a way to get that to get into the first round and more importantly, figure out a way to get one of those top seven picks because Destiny Henderson, to me, with me saying that her draft stock has risen, a team can definitely scoop her up. If the fan me is talking, I would rather uh, see her in New York. I think that New York is definitely, they have their eyes set on either a big guard or they're looking for a uh, complimentary big to help Stephanie Dolson, Natasha Howard, and also Michaela Anyanwede. I believe that Seattle uh, should be the team to figure out a way to sneak themselves into the first round and try to pick up someone like a Destiny Henderson. Mm. With Destiny, right? Now that we, we, we're getting out of the college game, we're getting into the pro game now. So, you know, we got to have these questions and stuff. And, you know, sometimes she does has the consistency issues and as well being a smaller point guard and everything. So how you think that she can answer those questions about, about that leading up to her pro, her pro career? Because I think that she's going to have a nice long pro career, but the arc of her career, it depends on how consistent she is. Like, will she just be... Can she be a full-time starter or will she just be that solid bench player? I think that she could be a solid starter. Um, my comparison to, to a current WNBA standpoint is Grand January. Uh, she has the knack, uh, the, the shooting prowess, the defensive ability to stay in front of, of stay in front of her of her man. 
and definitely, you know, have the opportunity if she's open for the three, you know, she can definitely knock it down. I think that with Destiny, even though she's a smaller guard, right? Size to me in this generation of basketball is starting to become a little obsolete from a perspective of what is your skill set looking like? So if you have the right skill set, if you know how to shoot, if you know how to defend a little bit, right? You don't even have to be a, a all WNBA defender. As long as you can defend a little bit, stop your man, you're going to do very well in the pros. I think that because of how things are set, everything is so high pick and roll, high motion type offenses. So much help side has evolved in this game that Destiny Henderson is built for it. She comes from a pro set background. She comes from a pro defensive set background. The way that South Carolina played defense was definitely pro driven. Yes. Right. Yes. So Destiny Henderson, to me, wouldn't have a worry. I think she's built for it. Four years, she waited her turn at South Carolina. She learned under Ty Harris, who is a very good pro. I think that she has that ability, and I think she'll have a pretty good transition uh, coming into the league. I agree with you at that. I just had to ask that question, get get your you know expert knowledge. What I do like about her, her pick-and-roll game is definitely pro-ready. You know, she always can get in the paint whenever she wants to either get her shot up and or, 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 you know, create opportunities for her teammates to score and stuff. But the thing is also when she get in that paint, even though she can get a shot, you know, I just want to see more consistency because she did have kind of trouble finishing, you know, at, at some points. But I think that she she's going she's going to be fine. So let's let's move on real quick. Our uh, sleeper players and I and I actually start off first, Kate, uh, my sleeper player really is out of Northwestern, Veronica Burton. And I just think that she could fit on any team in this draft. Teams like Indiana, either at the 6th or 10th pick, I think 6 might be a stretch. But um, Washington at 14 might be something they could look at. Even the L.A. Sparks at number 9. These teams can use Veronica because she fills in those gaps on your death chart off, off that bench. You know, you got a pass first point guard who can set up the offense. And on defense, she has already that pro-level anticipation playing passing lanes. And I know that there's a lot of questions about her with her size, you know, her being 5'9", her um, athleticism with her lack of explosiveness for that next level. But, you know, when when you take those questions out of it, she has great all-around play. You see the numbers that she was putting up at Northwestern, that high basketball IQ. I think that that would be more than enough for Veronica Burton to be successful, man. Like, who's your sleeper pick? My sleeper pick is coming out of the mid-majors, um, and that's Florida Gulf Coast. Kirsten Bell. To me, if she gets picked to, let's say, the New York Liberty, there's been questions about, you know, her defensive ability, right? Sandy Brondello is definitely defensive minded when it comes to coaching, and she's not afraid to mix things up. And I think that if Kirsten Bell was was in a situation where she can buy in to the defensive principles in a defensive minded coach like Sandy Brondello, she has untapped limits right to what she can do and she's listed at 6-1 she's considered a tweener right but averaging um close to 22 and a half points per game uh close about six seven rebound at her size the the cross matches that she can potentially bring with the new york liberty team and with her ability to handle the ball and allow sabrina unescu to play off the ball and get some shots off 
that would be pretty interesting to see, um, in my opinion. They have her projected um, going number six to the Indiana Fever, which is something that the Indiana Fever could look into if Ryan mm-hmm. Howard goes number one. Remember, we said Ryan Howard is one of those players who is a big guard who can shoot, score, defend, right? Now, if you get Nalissa Smith at number two, you can possibly have another Ryan Howard-like player in Kirsten Bell at number six who would be able to do what Ryan Howard does with the exception of shoot the three ball well, right? Mm-hmm. She's pretty much a midi. She's she's a part of the mid-range mafia, that midi committee that we always talk about, mm-hmm. right? So I think that if you get a player like Kirsten Bell for a team like a New York Liberty or a or Indiana Fever team, I think that that will be pretty dope. I mean, she can get buckets. Like that's like I can I'll say this. That second unit for the New York Liberty, right? If you look at DD Richards, let's say let's say that second unit you can put DD Richards in there, mm-hmm. right? You can put Kirsten Bell in there. You can put Asia Durr in there if you know if she's, you know, fully healthy and capable. You can put Rebecca Allen in there, right? And let's just say uh, Benijah Laney just, you know, is running with that second unit. Okay. I think that as far as scoring buckets and you still have that defense there with, with Benijah and, and Didi, I, I think, I think that, that there's no limit to what they can do. But if, if New York can decide to say, listen, we're going to take a chance on you, but you have to buy in defensively along with your scoring prowess, man, I, I think that's, I think that's pretty dope. And Kier- Kirsten Bell can do it. Um, and that's, that's why I have her as my sleeper. And with that being said, man, we're going to uh, tap on out and stuff. Um, Thank you for listening to Keeping It 9450, codename WBB, right? You know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keeping It 9450, WBB. And looking forward to this draft. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. And we're going to be back to recap the draft and basically celebrate our first anniversary as a podcast, yo. And kudos to us, KDOT, man. A year. And we've been making it happen, brother. Yeah, listen, the champagne has to has to be out man champagne has to be out for this one yeah but celebrations <laughs> yeah definitely we're gonna definitely celebrate our first year anniversary of the podcast and, and, and as we keep on moving forward so with that being said love is love peace peace out peace